0: Welcome to From Uniforms to Unicorns. This podcast is all about our experience as female corrections officers, our challenges, our triumphs, and our transitions
1: out of the career. Lauren and I have always had a significant bond. Friends, moms, and business owners that happened to be in prison. Life attempted to separate us, but we always found a way back to each other. through huge life milestones, tragedy, and random text messages saying, I thought of you today.
0: We know there is huge curiosity surrounding these topics, and we aren't the only ones that struggle. There are also incredible stories just waiting to be shared, and we want this to be a safe place for us and you to talk about the often unspoken world of correction. Grab a coffee, head out on a walk, or just take a break. Let me warn you: we have no idea what we're doing. From uniforms <laughs> to unicorns. To unicorns, to unicorns. Hi Sharon. Hi Lauren. Happy Valentine's Day. Happy Valentine's Day. You know you love what you do when.
1: <laughs> yeah. right?
0: When you work yeah. on Valentine's Day. Yay. Yay, we have Colleen Layton here today. So, Hi, guys. Hi.
2: <laughs> How's <laughs>
1: Thank
2: it you going?
0: For being here. So exciting. <laughs> Sharon and I Thank will you. just talk over each other. That's no, okay. okay. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for having me, you
2: guys, especially on Valentine's Day.
0: Yay! Thank you for taking time out of your day to do this. So, re- of course,
2: for you guys.
1: <laughs> so, Colleen, I'll start. What uh, okay. led you to corrections?
2: Tell us. Well, wait, what you did okay. before? Because that's the interesting <laughs> part. <laughs> so, my story is probably a little bit different than most people getting into corrections. Um, I came in a little bit older. I was in my thirties. I had had a previous career beforehand. I was actually a massage therapist for 12 years. Um, So not your typical pre-corrections career. Um, I I loved what I did, um, but I had always had, regardless of how much I loved my job as a massage therapist, I'd always had lots of people around me that were working in corrections, like a spouse, friends uh, that were working in corrections and in policing. And I always thought, ah, you know, I could do that. Like, that's a whole different side of my personality I could tap into. And um, I love the thought of, I mean, I was a bit of a thrill seeker. Um, I was always like jumping off cliffs for thrills (laughs) and like (laughs) um, played competitive sports. And I loved all of that. And I just kept thinking, ah, maybe. And I had done this, um, I don't know what you call those Myers-Briggs tests that kind of tell you what you'd be good at. And my top two things were police officer and a therapist. And I was like, oh, oh wow. that's interesting because I am a therapist right now and I've always kind of thought of either policing or corrections. So um, I actually, I'd had with my son and I was pregnant with my daughter and went off. The last job I had as a massage therapist was actually at Millard Health, which is where oh. everyone goes to get their like, therapy and help yeah, and doctor's appointments right. and stuff. Um, and I saw this posting come out for PW a primary worker at the women's prison. And I was like, well, if I'm ever going to work in corrections, I would want to work with the women. That was kind of what was stuck in my head. And so I applied I think my daughter was nine months old and I got a call and went for the interview process. And I was like, Oh, this takes years to get through the whole process. Well, <laughs> it happened fast within, I think a month they were like, Kate, are you ready to go for training? And I was like, I'm not even done my maternity leave. Yet. I'm like, what? <laughs> <laughs> okay, <laughs> you are getting paid. So you can <laughs> sit on me and go to training at the same time. Actually, I wasn't getting paid at the right? time. So no, and I was just like, oh my, okay, I guess I might do this. And um, I was like, well, if I'm ever going to do it, now's the time to do it. So they actually had, because my daughter was still, well, she was actually only 10 months old when I went to training. And they actually had one in Edmonton. They actually oh, they had Yeah, they had two. The one I was supposed to go to, my daughter actually ended up um, in the hospital with pneumonia and RSV when I was supposed to be starting training. And corrections was really understanding and just said, yeah, take care of your daughter, and then we'll put you in the next one, which is in a month. So I started, but I went to CTP, and no one else was going to a women's prison. I was the only one in my CTP that was actually going to a women's prison. So during training a lot, I would hear oh, but this doesn't apply to you, calling. Yeah. It's totally different. <laughs> I remember oh. that, too. <laughs> oh, you, me, you too. Can you can leave this afternoon. Yeah, don't listen to this. This is totally different for you when you go to the women's prison. And I don't know how many times I heard that in the training, mm-hmm. and it was always, oh, yeah, but not not you, Colleen. Oh, yeah, but not <laughs> you, calling. I'm like, okay, fine, you guys. like, Teach me what it's like, then, because but you guys are telling me there's a lot of things that are totally different when you go to a women's prison and I learned pretty fast once I got there how different it was what they were talking about so, so I actually started at EIFW um in June of 2009 June of 2000 oh, Okay. Wow. okay okay what was that like well, that was a really interesting first day. <laughs> I remember walking in and whoever, well, I remember who it was at the front desk, she's no longer there, um, was just ripping my head off and I was like, what in the actual hell did I sign up for? I was <laughs> like, I can't believe this is what I'm walking into. And I was wow. like, okay, that's okay, Colleen. I'm like, put a smile on your face like you always do and just go be yourself. And so Actually, I ended up having, um, the OJT trainer came and got me who ends up becoming a friend of mine. Um, and you know, it was really interesting because there was so much to learn so quickly and I knew there would be, but I don't think I realized just how much all at once. And depending on what post you were going to be at. And I remember one of the senior officers, um, giving me some advice and she said, you know, you smile too much. And I just kind of laughed, and
1: I was like, "Okay."
2: (laughs) And years, actually, years later, I asked her about it, and she looked at me and she goes, "You still smile too much." (laughs) Yeah, there is no fun to be had here. Yeah, (laughs) stop
1: smiling.
2: That's hilarious. Like that's one thing I took with me through my whole experiences was I didn't want to stop laughing or stop smiling when I could, because that's how for me. I always try to make myself feel comfortable, make other people feel comfortable and try to make the best out of situations that I can. And so I tried not to lose that through the years as mm-hmm. much as possible. And yeah, know, it can good. be tough, right? Like it can be tough. It really can be. Like, you
0: yeah. Have to, yeah. You have to pay attention to it and be like, okay, today I'm going to smile. I'm going to smile. Yeah. <laughs> doesn't matter what it is. Yeah. I'm yeah. Like, I do remember having those pep talks with myself
1: in the car. Totally. totally. Yeah. Yeah. And that's and- like, I always remember you being like a really hard worker too. So uh, actually I was off like when you got in, I came back September, October. And I just remember like you were such a hard worker. Like you were good to go. First one to say, yeah, I'll do that, volunteering. And then the smile, right? And the laughing. So like immediately, like we were drawn to one another, right? Yeah, 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 we
2: were. And I found that there was actually quite a few people that, when you could, when it was like appropriate and stuff, you could try to have lots of laughs and lots of fun at work, and that to me was huge. And I was always really drawn to people like that. So, mm-hmm. yeah, it help, helps you cope with that type of environment too, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, for yeah. sure. And I, I was saying to Sharon before you came
0: in, I was like, I remember when Colleen came in. It was nice not to have a rookie. And Sharon's like, she was a
1: rookie. I'm like, I know, but I didn't think she was. Yeah, I'm like, she was, a was rookie.
2: old. <laughs> maybe. Yeah, maybe. <laughs>
1: But it's like, you knew what you were doing though, too. Right. And I think that just comes from life, like your life experience. Like you came in, um, you know, wanting to learn and that was good. Yeah. Yeah. You had two kids. I came
0: in 22, just like, I know it. Don't worry about me. Don't
1: worry about me. I got this.
2: (laughs) Well, and that's funny because as a mom, you use lots of those skills you use with your kids on the offenders all the time. And so, like that was one thing that definitely helped me starting out was taking some of those things I did with my kids and applying them to, to the offenders. You just have to, mm-hmm. and vice versa. Like I
0: know stuff yeah. that I took from being a corrections officer, yeah, that now right. I apply to my kids, or I that's say, true. I, I <laughs> say to my sister sometimes, I'm like, they need structure and consistency, and, and she's like, yeah, oh,
2: okay, that's the perfect okay. Thing. I'm like, it's the same, <laughs> the same thing. It's the totally. same
1: concept, right? <laughs> it's the same well, concept.
2: And it's funny because you speaking about that, like there's some things now in my life where I'm like, I have no problem talking to that person about that. Whereas before it's not that I couldn't speak up for myself, but I wasn't as maybe confident in doing that. Mm-hmm. Um, but after corrections, you're like, Oh yeah, I can call them and tell them yeah. that I don't like their service and talk to them about it. Of course I can. Like it's, you gain that confidence from yeah. it. Because sure. you're
0: calling like a
2: normal law abiding citizen yes. so that you're like, <laughs> the reaction's
0: going to be very different. I yeah. know I do the same yeah. thing. And, Uh, I know if I have, like, if I, if I have a problem with the business, because I am a business owner too, I want that phone call. I talk myself into saying, I would want that phone call. I would want that to call me. So I never feel, yeah. And it is a confidence thing too, because when you're having those conversations with murderers or, um, whatever it is, gang members, you're like, Oh, okay, (laughs) exactly. Nothing to, to something else. Right. You compare
1: it. Sure. Yeah. yeah, and also I just want to say too, like you give a mean massage too because I remember, <laughs> <laughs> I remember like there was one uh, thing I I had gotten in, myself into like uh, response. I was the second set of responding officers, and they kind of yeah. barricaded a door. And I yeah. well, I thought they barricaded a door. It was just stuck. It turned out my shoulder because i'm like they barricaded the door like shouldered into this door and i'm just oh like, yeah and then i came back and i said to colleen ow <laughs> have an yeah.
2: <laughs> well and i was like happy to use my old skills for my old job on my coworkers if they needed it like yeah, if people I had did. bad headaches or they yeah. hurt their shoulder oh, i remember trying that. to bust down a door like a door was that wasn't do yeah a door
1: that was not barricaded in my head though i was like yeah. they've got the guards and i i shouldered into it and then i came back like colleen yeah, <laughs> I, hurt, I hurt myself.
2: <laughs> yeah, can you help me a little bit here?
1: <laughs> yeah, okay, I never so, minded that,
2: and I didn't either.
1: <laughs> throughout corrections, uh, yep. I know you were drawn to the ERT team, the emergency yep. response team. Can you yep. talk a little bit about your experience there? Like what, what sure. it was for you?
2: You know, I think it honestly it started in CTP because um, when we got to the arrest and control portion. I loved it. Like, I didn't realize how much I would love it, and I loved it. And I remember, like, I was so excited to use those skills when I first got in. And then you guys ask people about their first incident, and I will tell you about mine because it's so not utilizing arrest and control skills. It was, we had to take an offender down to segregation, and her and her girlfriend wouldn't stop hugging. Oh, right. We literally had to break up our hug. (laughs) And I was like... Are you kidding me? This is my first
0: instance. That's why <laughs> the they tell you this shit doesn't apply to you. And that's where I
2: came from, Kylie. Like, can we go in there and like break them up? And they're like, yeah. no, no. The correctional manager's saying we have to convince her to stop hugging and take her to segregation. And I was like, oh my God. Yeah.
1: You- we You're spent like, what? an yeah. hour <laughs> talking
0: to them and getting into it's the mouth skills. It's not the it, it is not you, the know,
2: physical yeah. you know you work yeah. in a
1: women's jail when <laughs>
2: yeah. I but do you know remember
1: that incident.
2: Do you? <laughs> And, but you're right, Lauren, like you learn to use your verbal skills so early on is so mm-hmm. imperative. And that's in that, in, well, especially with the women, you, you need to talk to them so often. And um, but it's funny, because after that incident, there was tons of incidents. And actually, to the point where I remember my first year, at the end of my first year, I had a manager come to me and say, you know, in all the time I've been working in corrections, I haven't had to respond to as many incidents as you've had in your first year. And I remember thinking, holy, like we've had a pretty crazy year then. Um, but at the end of that year, I had applied to the ERT team and got accepted and I loved it. Like I loved the training. I loved, I know lots of people don't like this, but I love the scenarios. I love practicing that stuff. Um, eventually I was lucky enough, um, after some years in to be able to become an instructor and an ERT leader. And it's, you know, some of my fondest memories in correction is being a part of all that and a part of the training. Um, I kind of took it seriously sometimes and let the crazy side come out when I got to pretend to be an inmate, like biting holes (laughs) in my own shirts and stuff. But, um, I just, I like, I loved that part of it. So I'm very thankful I got to be a part of that as well. Um, and then like eventually I started to realize too, like how important the mental health side of things was and I also ended up joining the SISM team and becoming an OJT mentor because I just felt it was so important to look at that aspect of things too because you end up having so many crazy incidents under your belt after so many years and corrections from like, you know, range smash-ups and hostage takings and, Mm -hmm. you know, suicidal offenders and, I mean, to counseling them. Like, there's so much that it starts to take a bit of a toll on you if you don't start to take care of those things and i really started to realize that after so many years so all those things i got to be involved in i'm really thankful for in my time yeah. in inside the jail yeah mm-hmm. we've talked about that a few times too on the
0: podcast where it's like mm-hmm. what you get to this point where it's like okay i'm and i've talked about this personally like i went in there to help women and i felt yep. like yeah. you know i wasn't helping anybody yep. So then yeah, I was like, okay, I'll too. be the fire instructor so I can help yeah. us because I had already been in yes. I think, six fires at this point. But no, <laughs> sort of <laughs> I'm like, okay, I'm going to help us do fires. So that's what I'm going to do. I'm going to help us. I'm going to yeah. help the people that go to the fires. So yeah, you yeah. Kinda have to find that other thing. We, and there is a, a podcast that will. You haven't heard it because it hasn't been released, but you'll hear. Yeah. person talk about yeah finding that whether it's in corrections or outside of corrections that like purposeful thing that
2: yeah takes away from all that
0: other stuff that is um eating you away or keeping you up at night or whatever it is for you yeah
2: and for me definitely like ERT was a huge part of that for me as well um and not just like the ERT and trying to keep the institution safe for sure and helping teach people um you know to improve on their skills all the time because that's something I always wanted to do too um get better and better at my job so we can all be safe at the end of the day um was super important to me um plus I loved it like I loved the girls that were on the team I that's something actually fondest memories for me is with all of you guys like meeting some of my best friends yeah that's true that crazy setting I never would have guessed how many amazing people I would meet over the years and Mm -hmm. I'm so thankful for that like I have huge gratitude towards that because when I think Noget is the one who said it you go to war with people and how can you not get close to them like it's so true because you day after day and sometimes it was months of ongoing incidents that you're going into these things with the same people and you're like you become so close with them because you guys have all experienced this craziness that you can't really explain to the outside world. Yeah, that's
1: right. Absolutely. And,
2: and I think that's something that I've talked to some police friends and they they kind of have the same mentality as us in a lot of ways, but a lot of them have said, How did you go back the next day? How did you keep going back and dealing with the same offenders and the same shit every day? And it's like that's part of the, that's part of the job, but that's Also, something that starts to take a toll on you after a while. And I actually remember one of my first um, big incidents, we had to, there was a ligature tied around someone's neck and we had to go in and do CPR on her. And after, you know, you feel good about it. You're like, Hey, we saved this girl. And then the next day you go right back down to the same range, dealing with the same girl, doing the same thing. And I remember being in the bubble and the cell call button went off and my hand started to shake. Mm-hmm. And it was shaking bad. And I'm like, I don't know if I really told too many people that, but I was like, okay, hey, this is what they talk about. I have no control over this. I thought I was doing great, handling it really well, but here goes my hand and it's just shaking. And that was something I learned pretty quick was that I had to start dealing with that stress of those incidents because we ended up having so many of them over the years. Um, and for me, one of the important things was finding some good friends I could kind of talk to about it kind of letting some of that go and also doing some things for the stress for me and for me running is a huge one of them so I would run my butt off outside of work. like that was a huge stress relief for me and I think that's something that's really important for people to figure out when they're working in a job like that
1: yeah and that good for you for uh, being aware of it and I mean you touched on so many good things because that's that is it like so there's an incident, but then, you know, uh, like my uh, line line mate and I went through incident after incident, and then it's like, see ya, see ya later, let's go home, and I'll see you in the morning. And yeah it'd be 20, uh, 18, 20 hour shift. And then we just be back to the same exactly. thing with the same inmate and the same, yep. the sameness until yeah. you're like, okay, what am I going to do? But, and I mean, good. Cause you're a runner. I'm not, but <laughs> I'd rather, <laughs> I'd rather <laughs> smash a soccer ball or something, yeah. but it's good. Right. And I also, yeah. I want to say like, it was super badass for our institution to have like a female-led emergency response team and some of the the things you guys did like there's not enough props given to you guys because some of the things you uh-huh. guys did were mm-hmm. amazing like nice to watch nice to see uh, nice to see it all come together and just kick some ass too right like <laughs>
0: <laughs> i know every. <laughs> Oh, I'm gonna join the Earth team every time I'd watch them, and then I'm like, I'm never mind. I'll just be your camera person.
1: Yeah. I'm good, a camera person. I'm good on Shield if you guys need, but I'm not wearing all that stuff, right? But the funniest thing is, we always thought you were on the. Team, I know Cher. everybody did. That's how my career started. They made me suit up. I was like two months in. Awesome. Two other Two other guards. They're actually both still there. They made us suit up to pull yeah. down. An inmate from hanging, and we were like ridiculous. We were in like clown outfits. It was ridiculous, (laughs) right?
2: Oh, see, I I miss that suit. You
1: miss that, is yeah? (laughs) That was the suit, and I'm like, I can't. I'm not supposed to be doing this. And they're like, "Well, you're ert." I'm like, "I'm actually not." <laughs> I remember us standing Thanks for you behind you know the door. You know that door that leads to the office is
0: on the security, net, like the locked one yeah. where the microwave was. I remember yeah. Sharon coming out of the bathroom and me saying, "Kate, let's go. You're gonna suit up." And she's like, "I'm not ert." I'm like,
1: oh, "Yeah, you are." <laughs> who is? <laughs> no, you are
0: now. I don't think there's anybody else here. And last yeah. time we went,
2: did up. So okay, you're it, right? Like, yeah, I'm it. Uh, good for you. And you know what? That's so nice to hear because we're in the middle of all of it. I mean, sometimes you don't get called out very often. Sometimes you get ca- called out a lot. And But, I mean, you're always trying to be prepared for that. And um, there's times, like I remember two years in a row, we got called out each Christmas. And I remember looking at my kids and my family that came to town. And I'm like, see ya. Sorry. Yeah. Like, <laughs> we're getting called. Go. It's important. It's important. So, you know, you sign up for that, but I would never regret doing it because... It's so, it was so fulfilling for me and I loved doing it. I loved the training part of it. I love trying to keep the institution safe. So, um, yeah, for me, it was a really important part of my corrections career. And, um, I guess I'm grateful for it. Awesome. So before yeah. I ask you more, like about some Kay. physical stuff,
1: yeah. I'm just going to say, I want to bring up like an incident like you and I had. So yeah, the, uh, <laughs> when I met Colleen, she um asked me like about childcare for our, our our daughters are um besties they still actually are same age right a few months apart and I yeah. said oh I've got this recommendation for the stay home in in you know St. Albert and so we put we had our kids in there for a couple years and then uh couple, yeah fast forward two years and I was playing the uh ball hockey uh f- finale and I get these frantic calls from Colleen saying
2: (laughs) okay let's start off the day first because we were in that (laughs) like we had like a I don't even know how many months of just craziness like four incidents a day and there was sag floodings and suicidal offenders and it was just crazy and I remember it was a Sunday and I was on a 16-hour shift that day it was probably about five o'clock five something I can't remember when visits happen and I literally just come up in the secure unit we had had another ligature tying and you know just one of those days there were so many incidents already and I was trying to catch my breath I believe we're talking about this but I'm kind of glad we are because these things happen I turn around and look and Sharon and my day home provider walks in the front door (laughs) and in my head I'm like what the fuck what is she sorry what is she doing here and I was like my heart just sank and I was like I'm gonna lose it like I don't know what's happening right now and I went up to her and I'm like what are you doing here and she's like oh I'm here to visit my daughter and I was like what oh my god
0: oh my god
1: <laughs> yeah so then I I'm ball hockey come out to my phone and there's like you know 30 missed calls. And I'm just like, what is going on? And, uh, yeah, she's totally like, I won't name her name, but she said she's here. And I'm, and another thing too, I was leaving the next morning to, um, Australia summer and I were leaving. So I was just like, uh, what's going on? Like, Summer and I are going in the morning. I don't have time for this. Like, and and Colleen's like, she's here. I don't know what the <laughs> hell, right?
0: So, <laughs>
2: yeah, I remember going into our correctional manager's office and I was like, This is legit the first time I had to like, I'm like, I might have a panic attack right now. I was like, <laughs> <laughs> I'm not someone who gets mad very easy, but I could feel like my blood rushing to my head. And I was like, I'm going to lose my mind. And the CM's like, what's the matter, Leighton? So I told her and she's like, you need to pull her out and talk to her. And so I did. After her visit was done, I pulled her out. And I'm like, this is the situation you've put us in. I can't believe you would have told us. Um, And she just thought like this obvious, I think sometimes people, well, my daughter's innocent. I'm like, okay, well, you may think that, but that is not what's been proven here. Um, (laughs) And she just couldn't.
1: Yeah, she couldn't wrap her head around it. She just kept saying her daughter's innocent and it's not, she's not going to, it's not, it's not going to be a problem and it's fine and all that stuff. Right. And we were like, no, this can happen. You can't, uh, be here. And I remember her daughter was in, uh, for some fraud and it was like heavy. It wasn't like I stole a few credit cards and whatever. She just, uh, it was like millions of dollars and and she thought it was no big deal. And so, we were like, it is a big deal. You you can't like you you have to tell us that. You have to like a federal even sentence kids... is a big deal,
0: right? <laughs> like and you don't you don't get a federal sentence usually on your first offense. So like this is a chronic <laughs> issue that's obviously exactly. been happening on numerous occasions prior to her um
1: prior to coming her, there. Oh my god. A, I, and I a can't judge. Imagine. I know and a judge found you guilty so you're here like it's and sentenced right so I remember like I always say Colleen like she's my co-parent because I was like well I don't have a day home I'm leaving legitimately in the morning so <laughs> I remember getting on this flight with my then four-year-old going I don't know what's going to happen when we get back but we're going to just figure this out right and yeah so we Summer and I had flown to Vancouver and I got a whole bunch of calls from Colleen or texts and calls and just saying, I'll figure this out. I'll, I'll figure it out. Don't worry. So I have always called her my co-parent like from that day. So. So cool. And, and I feel like, um, cause
0: we talk about Jody on here all the time. Jody was my co-parent too. Right. And I, yeah. it was so interesting because, uh, I remember, um, when you work with people that closely and have that sort of like, bond and we didn't talk about this actually when uh we were on the call with shauna because i lived with shauna oh i did talk about living with shauna yeah and then i had lived with jody and i remember jody like telling me all the things don't buy a swing my kid hates the swing kids hate it and i was like <laughs> i was like okay and my son was born like almost exactly a year after jody's son was born and yeah. then i, like, I she knew all the things, like she knew everything. I called her for everything. She was like, I called her my wife, wa- even when I went through cancer. I called her my cancer wife, I her my, ma- <laughs> my mama wife, like everything. Like, she's just like my extra arm that I exactly like, yeah, you have one of those, especially when you're together all the time <laughs> oh, and you're yeah. going through like massive things. And, and, our, and, and our finding s- a day home is a fucking ordeal, yeah, it is, so it is. That's, <laughs> when you're a shiver, and am it's an ordeal, it is nothing that I ever wish on my worst enemy me I neither remember, I called another police wife when um my kids were young like bawling because I knew she was on Matt going will you take my kids like six days a month I just need six days and my kids yeah. hate where they are now and she was like uh I guess like she barely knew me I lo- like we're
2: very close now but I was just like you understand what I'm going you get it her. yeah
1: especially yeah. when they're that little right yes. yeah
2: and that's it's so hard to balance like Work life and family life with kids, anyways, and the lack of sleep and all those things um, that happen, anyways. But then when you have stuff like this happen, and all of a sudden you don't have a day home, it's it's hard to deal with sometimes. Absolutely.
1: So I remember, like I was saying, I boarded that plane going, yeah. oh, I don't, and we were gone for five or six weeks, and I was just like, yeah. I don't know what's going to happen when we get back, yeah. but I've got to find a day home. And yeah. so I come back. Uh, you'd called me and we you had this list it was so amazing (laughs) you're like she's a deadbeat no not her blah 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 and then you and I went to talk to that inmate because she was like "Uh, my mom's yeah some of the guards kids and we were like listen you need to shut the fuck like exactly shut the fuck up don't talk about my kid ever ever right yeah, don't
0: yeah. Share and information in this house nothing yeah yeah, yeah. you you <laughs> pretend you don't know
2: us like it was so yeah. I think like I told you guys before this is that's one thing that I really tried to not have collide like I didn't talk about my kids no one none of the offenders knew that I had kids what their ages were well up until that day um, and I really I really tried to keep that balance and it was like this bomb went off when she walked in that day and I was just like, I can't believe my worlds are colliding like this when I've tried so hard not to have that happen. But you know, like, I know it sounds weird, but I'm so thankful Sharon that you and I could go through that together because we both understood and could be there for each other and help with child
1: care. And and that's what we did. Right. We, we had some opposite shifts. So it's like, I'd have the kids and then other days she'd have the, like, it was just so Nice to have that, right? And yeah. It's tough enough. Like at that point, I was, you know, navigating s- single parenthood, so yeah, it was tough. And I'm like so happy that you were there, right? And yeah, me too. Our, yeah, our kids now are besties, right? Because of <laughs> yeah, some just, of the stuff we went through.
2: Exactly. Yeah. Exactly.
0: Yeah. For sure. So you started 2009, and then yeah. you. Okay, and I know you're not working there now. Can you tell us? Yep. Well, you are. You're still in corrections.
2: I'm still in corrections. So yep. I am actually at the Alberta Northwest Territory District Office downtown in Edmonton. Um, I'm very thankful to still be with corrections. I know it's it's been a bit of a journey, and I can tell you what happened. In 2015, I was kind of at the height of taking lots of training. I'd become a full ERT instructor. Um I was actually going back for recertification in the fall of 2015 and we kind of had like a crazy week and looking back I wish I would have known it was my last week as a frontline officer but of course you don't in the middle of all this stuff. It had a call out and actually we had had a suicidal kind of homicidal offender that we were dealing with and I ended up with whiplash during that. And I'm like, oh, whatever. You kind of shake it off. I know what to do with this. And then I went off to instructor research. And at instructor research, I ended up injuring my wrist, um, essentially blowing it out. I destroyed so much stuff in it. Destroyed cartilage, ligaments, tendons. They had to go in and shorten my bone and put like um, a plate and screws in it and eventually take it out. So long story short, it was kind of like a three year journey of surgeries and rehab stints at Millard, um, braces and all of the strengthening programs. And no one ever told me like, you're done. Like one thing that I learned through it all, one was it kind of humbled me because I'd always been sort of one of those people that was like, me, do it. Those were like my, literally my first words as a kid is me, do it. And <laughs> I, I like, it's true. <laughs> and so I, I've literally had to like ask for help, like after both my surgeries and not being able to use my one wrist for like essentially like a year and a half, I was kind of like, um, can someone help me put my pants on?
1: <laughs>
2: and that's it's what a tough a, thing. You know stove. that a first responder
0: barely asks for help we know that yeah
2: yeah. i never did i'd have 10 bags of groceries on my arms before i would ask somebody for help like yeah. so this is this has been part of my journey through it is okay it's okay to ask for help mm-hmm. even if it's physical mental anything like it's okay to ask for help and one of the big things for me having been a therapist before and actually working at millard i worked with um like a pain program and return to work programs as well. And I knew you had to go into it, not overwhelming yourself with the final outcome and Mm. not, I guess not letting the negativity that can happen so easily consume you because when all of a sudden you're ripped away from what you love doing, what you like, I was ready to kind of move on to more instructing roles and all that kind of stuff rather than frontline. So it's not that I wasn't ready for some changes, but I wasn't ready to say goodbye to ERT. I wasn't ready to say goodbye to being frontline all the time. So being ripped out of that, I was like, Hey, like I have to look at the positives that are happening and I have to be grateful. And one of the things, I know you guys are talking about gratitude right now and there's a quote Mm -hmm. that I love and, and it's practicing gratitude means acknowledging what is still good alongside the mess. And I love that quote because during my injury, actually during my time in corrections too, inside the Dale, I really tried to do that because there'd be times where inside when you're working and you don't feel supported and there's tons of, you know, incidents going on and you just, and things are happening at home and you have kids to deal with and you're not getting any sleep. And I sucked at midnight shift, So I was one of those people that I sucked at not getting sleep. And there's all this stuff going on and you have to look at what you're grateful for in the midst of all that, or you can get consumed with negativity. And so during my recovery of my injuries, I really had to look to what I could do, not what I couldn't do anymore. I couldn't look at, well, I can't be a CX anymore. I can't do ERT training. I can't do Spartan races. I can't play volleyball. Like I had to look at what I could do. I can Mm -hmm. still run. I didn't blow up my knee. Yeah. I can still run. That's my huge stress relief. I can still go for hikes with my daughter and my dog. Like I can still do all these other things. And I had to be grateful for that every step of the way. Um, and so that really helped me because there was times where I was in a lot of pain. Um, it was hard to think of what I was going to be able to do. And so looking at the positive sides of things and smiling, cause that's what I like <laughs> to do when I'm going through stuff. Um, doing those things really helped me, but I also had to like kind of grieve the loss once it happened. Like when I was finally told you can never go back inside the jail, you, you have to retire from ERT, being a correctional officer. Like you have to look at other things, you know, that was hard. That was a hard time. And I had my moments in it, but I let myself kind of grieve it and try to move out of that and look at, the future and what I could do and what I could be grateful for. And overall, I'm pretty lucky because WCB was good to me. Our work was so good to me. Like the managers, I can't say enough for their support. My trainers, like everyone was so supportive and really tried to keep tabs on me and try to encourage me as much as possible because my goal was to get back. That was my goal. I worked, I worked so hard trying to get back to what I was doing Um, so when it, when it didn't happen, I had so much support around me that way. Like I, I'm going to say this because I think it's true. Like corrections in general, isn't always the best at helping people find new positions when they're permanently, I want to say have permanent restrictions because Mm -hmm. it doesn't matter if it's a mental health injury, if it's a physical injury, they're not always the best at taking Taking a person's skill set, all their experience, all their training they've been through, and find them a job where they can really utilize that. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's some disappointment with that, right? But I've, in the grand scheme of things, like I've been so lucky with my friends, with the trainers I had, with the managers at the institution, my managers at my new position. Everybody's been so helpful and supportive um, that I have to be super grateful for them. Um, because I think it would have been a lot harder of a journey if I didn't have that. Of course, and you,
0: like Absolutely. you, and you talk about like that grief part, right? Where it's yeah, like, it's yeah, it's tough. It uh, and Sher- Sharon and I have talked about this. Other people on the podcast have talked about it. It's like grieving that even though even though Sharon and I decided not to go back, yeah, yeah that's right. There's still a process of like grieving that, you know, that part of your life is over. And even though you don't necessarily want to be it to be a part of your life anymore, it's an identity thing that you've you've committed to for so long and yeah. you've made major strides, in skill set and learning yes. and all of the and you're stronger because of it. And all of these incredible yeah. things that came from it. But at yeah. the same time it's a tough thing to
1: lose. It, it absolutely, is absolutely yeah
2: it is and and the biggest part for me is the people like I know lots of you guys have moved on and we're still in contact and I'm forever grateful for having friends like that but you also miss some of that you miss some of that atmosphere sometimes it was crappy like I don't want to make it sound like it was always good because sometimes it was sure crappy but we had each other through it and I think you kind of start missing some of that stuff when you're out of it for a while Mm -hmm. yeah And I, I remember having conversations
0: outside of like, you know, you'd go through an incident and you'd have a conversation and people are like, Oh wow. What was that like? And I'm like, I don't want to talk to you about that. I wanna like exactly. have a dark joke and us yeah. have a laugh. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> like I don't, like don't yeah. I don't want to explain it to you. If you don't know what <laughs> yeah. I'm talking about, I don't wanna to talk
1: to you. <laughs> right. Like <laughs> yeah.
2: totally. And that's yeah. that's something that's so it's hard. Like I remember having conversations with friends that weren't in corrections and they talked about their day and I love them to death. But you know, the hard part of that day for them was dealing with one customer that was kind of bitchy and their photocopying machine not working. And then you're like, they look at you and they're like, how was your day? And I'm like, how do I tell them what I was dealing with today? When yeah. it was so, so crazy and dark. I'm like, I'm I, exactly. I just wanted to crack some dark jokes, like dark humor about it and be like, laugh and not have to explain it all. Because yeah. once you have to explain it, people just don't get it. Right.
1: No. And when you don't. I laugh
2: to those people, they look yes. at you like there's something. <laughs> Like, like you should be admitted to a
0: mental institution <laughs> yeah. I it's exactly. like the therapist says tell me what you're really thinking and you're like no because i don't want to be incarcerated <laughs> literally my head most
1: days
2: like, um, yeah exactly <laughs> and you know like through it all like i know you guys have moved on to different things and like i'm so proud of you guys for you guys doing this podcast too because i think it's so like listening to everybody talk it's sort of I think it's healing for people. It's such good information for people that always wonder what it's about. Um, And I don't know what the universe has in store for me moving forward. I I believe it's something good. I think I got ripped out of what I was doing because I am meant to be doing something else. But um, I think this is so good. We needed more of this kind of stuff, more support when we're working inside too. Like we have SISM and I mean, I loved being a part of that and OJT mentoring and all those things to kind of help support each other. But I think at the end of the day, everybody, when you work in that type of atmosphere and you're that type of person, sometimes it's hard to reach out and ask for help or say, Hey, I'm not, I'm not doing okay right now. And I think that's something I hope anyways, people are doing more of that. And keeping tabs on each other a little bit better because we need to support each other through all this kind of stuff. You never know, someone might be dealing with tons of trauma from their own incidents. Maybe they have someone at home that's been dealing with trauma and they're trying to deal with them or, mm-hmm. you know, something's going on with your kids or you're just physically exhausted and you never mm-hmm. know what people are going through. So I hope people are learning to kind of be a bit kinder to each other in those work environments too. Cause I think the more we can support each other in there, the better people are going to be overall.
1: Yeah, absolutely. So, uh,
2: and you, and you mentioned like you had a physical
0: injury, but I yeah. mean, there is so much. Oh,
1: more than
2: there's, that. It is like the the mental aspect of it. You guys was tough. Like it really was. Like the first part of my injury, I was essentially ripped away from a whole bunch of stuff that had been happening at the institution that I wanted to be there to support my fellow team members, my fellow officers. Um, And then I was dealing with tons of pain. Like I don't, I've never had that kind of pain before. I actually have told people I'd rather go through labor than the pain I went through (laughs) after my surgeries, which sounds crazy, but, but, and you kind of start feeling isolated and trying to stay positive when you're in rehab programs with people that are like super negative about what they're going through. It's, it's kind of Mm -hmm. grueling sometimes. And it's not like it was like a couple months. I mean, this was three years of trying to, stay positive, overcome everything, grieve what I was losing, trying to stay focused on what was good still. Um, it's, it was a mental, a mental journey as much as a physical journey. And I, I had lots of trauma I dealt with as an officer, as an ERT member as well, that kind of caught off to me a little bit through that time when I was actually off. Because as you guys know, once you're out of the environment for a little bit, You start remembering things and start like reflecting on a lot of stuff. And I remember after one incident and I'm bringing this up because it kind of stayed with me for a long time, but one incident when I talked about it, we did CPR on the one girl with the ligatures. We had had so many ligatures at that time. Um, I was at home one day with my daughter and she was just fooling around with the curtains and she put the curtain string around her neck and I lost it. I screamed at her get that off your neck right now. Like I lost it. And I looked at myself and I was like, well, I just reacted. Like I was giving orders at work and that stayed with me for a long time. So I think we need to be kind to each other and realize people have had these things built up over the years. Um, you know what I mean? And I think that's important to realize. Oh, I, yeah, you know, I yeah, that's exactly it.
0: And the, the part that, um, always keeps coming up when people talk about this kind of thing is like, we don't know what everybody's gone through. Even the shift before no. it, it, we, uh, Jody Carrington talks about this. It's like, what's encoded in danger and what's encoded in danger in me might not mm-hmm. be encoded in danger for you. Right. Yeah. So yeah. when we go home, it's like, Oh, I didn't think that was a big deal. And I, I was always worried. Like if I say something. They're gonna put me at the front desk, and I hated the front
1: desk more than anything. Don't make,
0: don't make me do the front desk. So, um, and every time someone wanted to sit, I was like, "I've, I'm, I'm front desk. Want it? Want it? Want it?" Like, I would trade it, and then I'd have yeah. And remember, you had to go in and ask if you could trade posts. Yeah. Yes. Uh, Yes. I I hated every second of it. (laughs) I think I hit a lot of the things that did bother me because I was worried that I was gonna end up like. Doing something that I hated.
1: Or like, yeah. yeah. So I, like you, you think you're going to get sidelined, right? Yeah. And, yeah. And, uh, yeah. That stuff I know for me, like it, it always like, I, I, keep, it in, I keep it all in, I keep it all in and keep it all in and then boom explosion. Right. Mm-hmm. I'm not the kind to say this is, and it takes like several incidents and maybe a year later where I'm like, I'm not okay. I need to tweak this and tweak that, mm-hmm. yeah. but I know everybody handles everything differently right and totally yeah and
2: you're right
1: you're right with that kindness piece because I know even for myself like I would look at people that just came in and be like if you're I would be mean I know that I'll I'll admit to it and say like basically you think that's an actual incident like that's nothing like but to them that was something right or you know like there's no crying in baseball there's no crying at jail like suck it up, right? Because yeah. we've got we've got to trudge through this blood to deal with this other incident. So yeah. I need you to suck it up, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And
2: you know, that's, that's something that like you sort of kind of harden sometimes and not let yourself feel everything. And you do turn it to humor and kind of joke about it with your friends to cope with it all. And sometimes maybe you're doing good with it, but other times maybe people aren't. And I think that's the thing we have to realize. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And when you leave, um, I feel like it,
0: and I, I don't know how everybody feels about it, but I felt like it was almost like for every month I was in, um, or for every year I was in, it took a month for it to like, so like about eight months after I finally Mm -hmm. left. Is when the things started to show up, when I started yeah. to realize, like, wow, I'm a nutcase in this area. Why? <laughs> right? Like <laughs>
2: <'cause>,
0: you know, <laughs> like with my kids <laughs> or my husband. And I'm like, and when I started doing the like personal development work, I was like, oh shit, okay, that is and we all have trauma. I'm not like there's yeah. it's not like corrections officers have significantly more than other people. Like I know people who have um, significant childhood trauma or whatever it is. Yeah, and it's like, yep. once you remove yourself from that situation, it's like hindsight's 2020, 20, you start to be like, Oh shit, that did bother me. I was encouraged to speak about something in corrections at a speaking and enga- like a speaking thing that I was doing and my friend was like talk about being a corrections officer and I was like no I'm not gonna talk about that so when she started like prying stuff out of me yeah. I spoke about an incident when I got locked on a, a seg range and um the person in the bubble unlocked a known hostage taker and I was on the oh, and that, The things that came up for me I didn't realize that's how I felt and even like yeah. The, the visualization of, like, I remember where the mop bucket was. I remember, yeah. like, things that I wouldn't normally think of. I As I wrote out the story, it was so interesting to me that I don't remember barely any of that incident, but as I wrote the story out, I knew every single piece – what that range looked like what it smelled like what she Mm -hmm. said to me what the other officers were doing I remember looking up at the camera going like holy fuck when are you going to realize that I'm on here alone and you've popped more just like things like that when you go Mm -hmm. back and you're you work through those incidences later in life you yes yeah you you change the it changes the way you feel
1: yeah absolutely
0: yeah and yeah. you talk about it and you, you express it to other people.
2: So yeah, interesting. it is. And you know, like I've had a lot of people ask me do, <laughs> cause I kind of switched careers, right? Halfway through life there and did a huge different career change. And I've had a few people ask me if I have regrets about it. And, you know, I read this thing the other day and it said, wrinkles show you've laughed and scars show you've lived. And I really feel like, I mean, I laugh a lot. I got lots of wrinkles to show it. I'm not (laughs) not ashamed to say that. Um, And I have some pretty big scars now, but I lived. Like, I Uh, don't have regrets. Like, I did a career that got me to tap into different sides of my personality. I met some phenomenal people who I know I'll be friends with forever I got to experience some pretty crazy things. Yeah. There were some negatives. Don't get me wrong. And yeah, I'm not able to do the same job anymore, but I, I can't regret that I lived. I had so much fun doing some of it. Um, had some of the biggest struggles and some of the biggest laughs of my life through it all. And I can't have regret with that. So I look forward to the future. I know the universe has something new in store for me. I just got to figure out what that is.
0: Oh that's a that's a wonderful mindset right? Yeah to, that's to awesome live in. To hear. Mm-hmm. yeah to be like yeah there's something better coming i don't know what it is but i have <laughs> to trust I have to trust it, right? And but the those are to. the people that get better things, right? Because they well, I sure right.
2: hope so. <laughs> <laughs> but but the thing is, calling lots of people sit
0: back and go, "Well, I can't control it, right? Like it's out of mm-hmm. my control. I'll just sit here." But the way we get through grief and the way we get through things is action. It's not sitting. Yeah. Like time doesn't heal all. It's yeah. doing the things, and it's like, okay, let's try this. Okay, I don't know maybe this is the thing. Nope. Not the thing. Kate, what's next. Right. Where lots of people just sit back and say, Oh my shitty life poor me. Yeah. Um, Mm -hmm. But you get to sit here and go, wow, look at, you know, this sucks so bad, but it's bringing me to something new. And um, when you look at it in a different light and you use that filter, it's like, Oh, cool. Let's go. What's next. Right. And it's (laughs) probably something way better.
2: And that's okay. And you know what? It's not easy to think that way sometimes. And I've had an up and down battle with it, but that's where I am right now. And I I have to think that way because I have to believe there's some good stuff coming. Yeah,
0: there is. There is just the way you talk. I know there is. So
2: absolutely.
0: (laughs) (laughs) you're welcome. You're welcome. Who am I though? Really? But I think that's just like, I know, Uh, I know people that speak like that. People that um, create that, um, future for themselves go places right there's like I said mm-hmm. it's not the the inaction it's like oh let's try this oh maybe I'll go here oh I'll try this and um because you are so skilled in you know you have the therapy background and you have many the things background. yeah it's like you could do anything you want to Colleen mm-hmm. honestly oh thanks moms <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Okay, well, we for we should wrap it loved. up. I know I saw Sharon getting yeah. the, time the timer. We the timer got timer.
1: Well, you saw it. I didn't. I wasn't yeah. sure. So I texted, so texted it. texted us. I texted you as well because I'm like, did you see it? I'm pretty sure I saw text late in time to shut up. Yeah. <laughs> Love you, bud, but yeah, love you, bud, but shut up. will <laughs> <laughs> be a part two. We'll do a part two.
2: Okay, deal. Okay, awesome. Thank you okay. again. We love chatting with it. you. Yes. Thanks Have. so much for having me, guys, and everybody out there. Please take care of yourselves and stay safe. Well, that's all for this
0: episode. Thanks so much for listening. You can find us on Instagram at From uniforms to Unicorns, uh, on all podcast platforms, Apple, Spotify, Speaker, all of those. Also, feel free to subscribe. You'll be notified of new episodes that come out, and we always love a review. Also, feel free to share with anybody you would enjoy.
1: We also want to send a big thank you to Jamie Green for being our podcast editor, and to Jeff Bale at Third Hell Music for our soundtrack.
0: Thanks again, everyone. Have a great day. Love, Lauren and
1: Sharon.